You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast. Just before we get into this week's episode, this is, I suppose, the likes of me informing you that there is a retreat coming up on the 25th of March. If you are available and would like to go to this event, both eating and sticking to single ingredient foods, talking on nutrition, talking on the difference in organic and conventional, which is so important for your immune system and optimal health right now, connecting with like-minded people. There are four different experts in their field, both a nutritionist, Cara O'Donnell, you have a yoga teacher doing a light exercise, and, and on top of that, your personal development coach, both Joe Maloney and like say Kaz, who is doing the yoga, and myself, an organic grower, who is really into, I suppose, overall health. If you are interested in going to this event on the 25th, Ballycotton, West Cork, I highly recommend you book in limited spaces, accommodation included, foods all provided. So you looking to get in on the action? Organic fitness retreats. Send me a DM on the likes of Facebook, Coleman Power, Instagram, Coleman Power Organic Fitness, Coleman Power, website, again, C-O-L-M-A-N, you get me on any of those social media platforms. All right. And here's this week's episode. All right, Jerry, I'd just like to welcome you onto the Organic Fitness Podcast. And I'm just up here in County Cavan, visiting the farm, fully registered organic. I suppose you suppose give yourself an introduction to a brief background of what you currently do and get into the, this week's show. Well, I, as, as you've already said, I'm a an organic farmer and have been for about 22 years now and uh, what we actually do uh, as of now is beef farming uh, totally grass-fed beef organic um, and angus cross it's on nearly all angus cross and um, we for the last five years I actually, uh, don't breed my own cattle because as i'm getting older and best fit I took the option of uh, not having breeding cows because there are, they can be sometimes quite feisty on the cows. So I'm not as mobile as I used to be. So instead of um, breeding my own stock, I buy in stock from other farmers. And I actually, I actually buy uh, from farmers, from land. I don't buy cattle and marks. I, I go farm to farm because I like to buy a bunch of cattle together. Um, I would rather keep uh, different bunches of cattle so that they know each other. Like uh, cattle like company and they like their own company and they like the company that they're used to. And they actually do better and thrive better with uh, their own kind or with what they've been used to and what they've been reared to. Yeah, but I would put you in the category that you're a good farmer and you're an organic farmer. If you would tell, I suppose, the listeners a little bit about what's the difference between organic beef and non-organic beef. Yeah, organic beef, well, definitely organic grass-fed beef is a totally different product to conventional beef. Its, it's, uh, it's actual makeup uh, is uh, omega-3s and omega-6s are totally different to conventionally uh, grain-fed beef. And, and it's a totally different product. It sometimes may not taste much different and um, our beef our conventional beef does have quite an amount of grass feeding in it 
and our beef is actually would have to be said to be quite good but uh, still saying that our organic our organic grass-fed beef is a different product totally different product with no sprays no fertilizer everything the grass is natural and uh, in the last few years i've actually gone back i i did reseed the same as every other farmer i reseeded with with um rye grasses which i always railed against and never could understand why they were getting so much uh, airtime when our older grasses i always found that uh, be a poaching or um, longevity in in swords they lasted far longer and the rye grass uh, i have a big um, dog problem which i have really built up over the years that i've been organic because of all the rye grass I've had on my swords. Uh, the swords are too open and docks were able to come in. I realize this now, or I've realized it in a good few years, but uh, all the wisdom or all the so-called agricultural wisdom was telling us all rye grass and reseed and keep putting in reseed every couple of years, which was total baloney. Mm. Um, now the, the wisdom, Thankfully, I started to turn, and even on television programs like EcoI and Ear to the Ground, they've come now around to the uh, reasoning that we should actually be using our, our own natural grasses, of which a lot of us have very little of it left. And our wildflower meadows and what have you should have been nurtured and kept because uh, yeah, a lot of the yeah, plantain and different um, herbs and that that are in the older grasses were far more beneficial to stock than, than our ryegrass. Interesting. And even the fact that right now what you're doing yourself is you're widening the hedges. You can expand on that point. I went around and toured and saw the animals extremely happy. As a result of that, it's because of the treatment and what you're doing to them just for their feed. But just to expand on the point of the hedges, what you're doing with them. Yeah, I, I've only just recently because of the new cap proposals that are coming in, uh, we are going to be allowed uh, let our hedges actually get wider if we want, or we're we're not going to be. I suppose the better way to put it would be that uh, the scrub areas that we were all um, penalised for uh, up until now are going to be allowed as uh, as if it was normal uh, forage area, or you, as a normal area of your fields. And even down to the point that uh, sometimes hedges have to be cut or trimmed or whatever, and the spoil that comes off them, farmers heretofore, and even yet, will burn that spoil, uh, which is very, very wrong. But they were forced to burn it. The, the, the wisdom in, in uh, the advice of Chagas and advisors and what have you was that you couldn't, you, you were supposed to burn and not have, have rubbish what they classed rubbish on your farm which was totally wrong because i often leave piles of bushes and if i do cut a hedge i pile the timber outside and i find that blackbirds and robins and even sometimes thrushes will build in those yes. piles of, of so-called rubble so in fact they are aiding wildlife and our hedges were supposed to be trimmed and kept trimmed to a a, a greater degree and trimmed every couple of years and this type of baloney and um, for the, I actually have a laneway that runs through my farm that have uh, gorse or as we call them winds and there was one bird in particular and I've noticed that 
he has declined massively in the last few years is the Dunlan. He's a little brownish, nondescript board, a sort of a, a, a robin without a red breast. And they, I used to find them nesting in the winds. And for the last few years, I think only one pair, I've only found one pair in the last few years. So I've decided now that the cap is going to allow us to have more of this so-called rubbish or um, old vegetation. It's not actually rubbish, it's, it's uh, agricultural waste, which is uh, organic waste. And uh, I'm going to actually allow my hedges to increase in size and dirt and width because the hedge that's only a meter, even a meter or a meter and a half is absolutely useless to wildlife. It's, it's not a wildlife sanctuary or a habitat. It's, it's too narrow and it's too, um, too thin. Too thin. Yeah. There's, there's no protection. And there's actually, for the fields and for the animals, um, if you have your hedges wider, um, I remember a few years ago, I, I had the reason to uh, go on agricultural outings to England and Scotland. And in those countries, I, albeit the fields are much bigger than here on average, the fields could be 20, 30 acres, but where they did have hedges, the hedges were massive. They could be as much as 10, 15 meters across. So there were, there were little habitats in their own right. And it's great that at last we can, and I think uh, I'm not alone. Uh, I have loads of farmer friends who actually would think the same and other than they're sort of compelled to uh, deal with their, their hedges every year and keep them trimmed for so-called good agricultural Practice. practices is yeah. crazy. And you like to say gorse being actually nitrogen fixation as well, which is important. Correct. Like yeah. so on yeah. smaller and it's, it's, it's actually a huge um, blocker of the wind. It's, it's, it's a great, it's a wonderful windbreak. Windbreak, yeah, mm -hmm. a wonderful windbreak. So even just to, to recap on that, the like the difference between organic and conventional, higher omega-3, anti-inflammatory. More people need to have that in their diet. Inflammation is the root cause of so many different illnesses, diabetes, disease, chronic cancers, and the like. After that, then I suppose we are registered with the likes of Western A Price. You want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, there's a, there's actually a, a, it's an American foundation for um, the what would you call it, um, uh, to provide good food or to, to, for the inclusion of good food in our diets and proper good food, proper um, un, um, uh, untouched food, like um, raw food, yeah. not, not um, refined, if you like. What's the other word to use nowadays? Uh, unprocessed. Unprocessed, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's little uh, processing. Uh, in in your food and their big their big um, um, fame is that they have uh, rallied uh, on the side of of what we call raw milk, which even in this country is very little known, and it's the milk that's unpasteurized. Um, they have now at this stage, I think only six states left in America where uh, unpasteurized raw milk is not allowed to be sold. And uh, in this country, about 10 to 15 years ago, our government and our probably our co-ops probably were behind it as well. They tried to ban the sale of raw milk in this country. And thankfully, they didn't uh, succeed in that due to the efforts of uh, people like Western A. Price and 
uh, some dedicated farmers, dedicated dairy farmers in this country. Uh, pasteurizing uh, would have to be, I suppose, uh, hailed in its own time as being good because of, of lack of hygiene. And when hygiene was poor, pasteurization had its place. But now that um, hygiene is to such a high standard, um, unpasteurized raw milk is a, a superfood. And it's one that um, people should all be actually drinking. And um, most of our, my friends, my age and even younger, um, drink what I called colored water, this um, uh, light milk, which is, is, is a bastardization on milk because it's, not, it's, it's, nothing, it's nothing but just a colored water. And everything that has been good in it has been uh, harvested from it by the co-ops and used as products for making baby food and different um, whey products, whey products and yeah. all the everything has been taken from it, and then they sell it back at a super price to the poor customer. Yeah. And a raw milk, just to fully in, pull out that extract that small bit, is a probiotic, natural probiotic. A lot of people are using probiotics that cost them a small fortune. Correction. Yeah, and gut health is so key and yeah. linked with immunity, increases mm -hmm. both energy levels, why because your gut microorganisms are really important for breaking down material that we otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity to. Yeah. Gut health is key. It's key, yeah. Definitely key. And you were exposed talking before you recorded the podcast about someone reversing the like some symptoms with individuals. Yeah, there's there's a there's a lady, she's actually um she's a Russian in origin, a Russian lady and she's a doctor. And she had two sons. I actually went to a, a Western Prize seminar in Thomond College in Limerick about six years ago, where she she done a, a good uh, talk on uh, autism and food and the relevance of food to uh, so-called diseases like autism. And since food has been so refined, all those type of illnesses are are so-called illnesses. Have really come to the fore but she actually outlined to us how she had two of her own sons had developed autism which led her to do different studies and by the time they were in their late teens she actually had reversed their autism through the use and um, feeding them really good food uh, we we have we have actually gone overboard i suppose in the western world where uh, people say what would you like to eat or Will you eat this or will you eat that? Where you should actually eat, in a sense, what you're given, or like everybody should eat. Uh, if it's good, everybody should. You shouldn't have a choice. Or I know when I was growing up, you didn't have a choice. You eat what you were given. We ate raw, unrefined food, uh, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, and um, it it. Uh, thank thankfully, I was I'm pretty healthy all my life and. Uh, okay, I have rheumatism maybe and arthritis and that, but it's sort of gene hereditary rather than food related. And uh, I, I'm on absolutely no medication and I wouldn't dream of taking medication when, when you have access to good uh, unrefined food. Yeah. No, that's, and that's so important, I suppose, in the middle, the fact that a lot of people are promoting specific diets such as no meats, vegan diets, and realizing that the fact that food is for, uh, food is produced with the likes of fertilizer from the likes of the animals, and that food must incorporate the likes of 
such as your animals outside yeah. that do inevitably uh, prevent the likes of it's either fertilizer with synthetic fertilizer, yeah. which is no good for the soil. Yeah, well, you know, if 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 people if people think about it, and they, uh, I know I would always have watched uh, one of my favorite um, uh, pastimes would be watching Western films, the old Western films, and you look at the 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 prairies in America, and you see the the masses massive herds of buffalo roaming the prairies. Well, that was. The grasslands of the world were roamed by herbivores, and we as humans are carnivores, whether we like it or not. Some people might like to think that we should be vegetarian, and look at uh, vegetarian has probably we all should eat vegetables. There's no no question of that. We all should eat vegetables, but at the end of the day, we are all um, uh, meat eaters. Designed that way. They were designed as meat eaters. Uh, if if uh, you ever look at maybe some of Attenborough's films or some of the ones that maybe further out ones that were done, we say in um, the Amazon or different places, and those peoples that are what we think has been um, nearly savages, if they do a hunt and they hunt, and what they actually hunt for is for their meat because they need the meat. They actually need the meat in their diet. And when they kill an animal uh, and not having uh, means of refrigeration and what have you, they kill the animal and butcher the animal on the spot. And the first thing they do would be to take the liver of the animal and eat it raw and divide it among those that are after uh, chasing down that animal and killing it. Like some people might think that that's revolting, but uh, if, you, if you think about it, those animals were there for a reason. And uh, man is the top predator. So uh, being a, 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 a meat eater, the liver was the thing that the, was the, of the highest value in the animal. So the hunter needed to keep up his scent. So he was given the, the um, how would you say, the prize? prize yeah, of, 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 yeah, of yeah, first cut. First cut, yeah. eating the liver. And zinc, and it was eaten zinc is high in most certainly liver, and zinc yeah. is linked to your immune system. Yeah. A lot of people would definitely do an immune boost yeah. now for sure. Yeah, it's funny when I even think about that, I often think of going back to the to the lady, the Dr. Natasha Campbell. Um, I talked to her because uh, as I would have always have gotten my own animals butchered and um, we would uh, eat all the parts of our own animals. Um, well, up until recently, and um, when I say we, I mean people, and then we stopped eating the what we call the offal, but with um, the other European nations that would come in to work, the Poles and the Latvians and the Lithuanians, will all go and eat the offal of our animals that we won't eat, and they, they actually can get it for free because we put such little value on it. But one thing that I was actually interested in would, would have been the liver, and I asked this Dr. Campbell uh, why the, the butcher would say to me, I know your, your liver, there's uh, fluke in that liver. You can't eat that liver. Really. They wouldn't want to give it to you. But, uh, and I put this to her and she said, what? You mean, you mean she said that you wouldn't eat your liver because there would be fluke in it or that there might be fluke in it? She said, you get your liver and you take it home and you put it into your freezer and you freeze it for two to three weeks at below minus 18 degrees, 
and everything that's in that, she said, that's living is actually killed. And she said, even if it's not, what actual liver fluke is, she said, is it's protein. So she said, it mightn't seem like something that edible, but she said, after all, she said, all it is is meat protein. So I, I, we, it's funny that um, beef liver is rather strong as vis-a-vis uh, -vis, uh, lamb's liver or pork liver. But um, we've been eating it now for years and we actually, and we find my wife um, does, um, minds kids and she feeds kids after school when they come home in the evening before their parents bring them. And we oftentimes cook liver and the kids absolutely love it. And they wouldn't, when, when, when my wife had asked them, well, will your mommy buy liver? Ah, no, we don't think so. And most certainly uh, the next point I was going to bring up was the likes of using food as medicine. And the last touch where food has actually come from. And a lot of people are leaning towards the first thing we'd often ask someone is what supplements do you take or what supplements could you take? Like, we should really be focusing on whole foods. That's yeah. exactly where every vitamin comes and mineral comes from. The yeah. definition of supplement is to supplement that you cannot get from your diet. And yeah. a lot of things you touched on there, the protein is one of the things people are not consuming enough of. Whatever age you are, a child or as uh, mid-adult or as we age, protein is key for maintaining muscle mass. Actually also prevents the likes of cravings, which is really important. Yeah. And, and, and especially for, it's funny enough, like um, those Western Price people would tell us too that um, red meat is actually, uh, the bad press that red meat gets is, is totally wrong. And especially for people, for guys like myself, for older men, we don't actually eat enough of beef. Beef is a, is a huge superfood for older people and the raw milk, of course, as well. <clears throat> like a lot of people have osteoporosis in generally in females and a lot of it is down to the very fact that their diet is so lacking in uh, calcium that they would be normally getting from the raw milk and from good pasture fed uh, hen eggs as well which um, is now available but a lot of people don't would rather buy the the caged hen's eggs that are probably 50 cents a dozen cheaper mm, that's than it. good organic eggs. But what's important is the fact that it's high quality protein yeah. sources that people need to be consuming more of. And that's exactly what you're producing. That's what I've been recommending to people. And as a result of that, we clients that I take on and mentor and coach, the idea is at certain times of the month, women need a higher percentage of red meat yeah. because of iron levels being low. And that's a sure indication of that if they have low energy levels, that they need to consume slightly more red yeah. meats in their diet. Yeah. No one diet suits everybody, and it's important, I suppose. Eat the foods that benefit you at certain times of the month, certain times of the year for optimal health. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, there are things that sometimes pass us by. I've been a blood donor all my life, and my wife's the same. Since, well, since, our, since she uh, had our family, she went back to giving blood, and we both give blood together. And... Uh, we oftentimes see even younger people coming in and uh, which isn't a nice thing sometimes that they get rejected that their blood isn't taken and a lot of the time is that their hemoglobin is low but thankfully and neither of us take any type of supplements our hemoglobin is always 
way even beyond Optima. And even though we're getting older and I've given blood for, I've almost given 70 units of blood at this stage. And I thankfully never was rejected yet. And I, I often put it down. I often think about it. We often say, well, it has to be partly due to the, the good diet of healthy food that we do eat because neither of us take any supplements or we can even ascertain taking supplements. Yeah, but just even expanding on that point, your diet is quite good. You have a local supplier of organic eggs, vegetables, fruits, and in yeah. fact, you often do an exchange, which is something that people have lost, but that's major touch with kind of a barter, exchange yeah. meat products for the likes of local produce, literally harvested only miles of oh, the yeah. road. Yeah, yeah, we have we have a, a young guy, Torok O'Brien, down the road, he has a, a, Let's get on to him a little, a little, uh, 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 well, little, I might say it's little, it's small, it probably has about a uh, uh, hectare of uh, gardens and he has his own tunnel, quite a large tunnel, but he grows some of the most beautiful vegetables. And one thing in particular that we love to get from him in season is his beetroot. It just, it's, it's just a killer. It's oh, yeah. the, the, the taste of his beetroot, like vis-a-vis -vis the bought beetroot, and we would eat even quite a bit of pitcher beetroot out of the season. But the, the taste of his beetroot is just something to, to, to relish. It's, it's just absolutely magnificent. Beetroot is improving your blood yeah. flow, improve blood flow to the body. It's massively important yeah. for whatever activity levels you're at. Improve blood flow, carrying every vitamin and mineral in your body, getting it organic, less harsh chemicals, again, less toxins in your body, your optimal levels yeah. are going to be through the roof. Yeah. It's funny, I had I had a, a I was involved, I'm involved in an environmental study that was done, uh, started in UCD earlier in the year. And I had a Polish lassie visit us in September, October, October, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But as it happened, I had uh, I had some of this beef root from Thorlock O'Brien's allotment or garden. And uh, I would go, I would visit, he, he sells to a green box system, but I would visit and we would gather and talk and We'd just be like minded, and uh, uh, he'd say to me, uh, Would you tell, would you mind bringing the bigger beetroot? He would some, and some beetroot that would be like maybe like the size of a tornado. And uh, anyway, I actually had been with him the day before this lady came to do the, the work for the environmental for the UCD study. And uh, she, uh, on our way to through the sheds to knock off the electric fence. Uh, she saw them in a box and she said, oh, beetroot. And she was a Polish lady. And uh, I actually gave her five or six beetroot when she was going home. And you think I'd give her a hundred pounds. She just, she was blown away. She said, that is just magnificent. Mm -hmm. And she rang me back. Her mother had been visiting her from Poland and some of it she juiced and the rest of it. And she even used the leaves because I got all from the uh, Thorlock. I got the leaves, the whole lot. And she used the leaves, she cooked the leaves as well as the as the beetroot itself. And she just thought it was heavenly. She said that was the best beetroot she had gotten since the last time would have been in Poland in her own home. But that's something we're completely losing touch with. Where yeah. foods come from, and as a result, using top to tail of every different thing, whether it's an animal or it's like the vegetable. Vegetable or the beetroot is basically related to spinach, yeah. and that's yes. why the leaves are edible. And that spinach is high in iron. Good source of calcium, but there's that fiber, fiber good for gut health, absolutely massive. I suppose just want to, I suppose, round off this uh, week's show by saying thanks very much for having me visit me, let me visit your farm, and uh, 
a lovely couple of uh, chats we had here. And uh, you're, you're more than welcome, and welcome at any time. It's, it's lovely to meet somebody young with such enthusiasm and something that had been really long to meet young people and that young people would be so enthused. I, I just, I'm blown away by the younger people I've met for the last few years. Thanks yeah, so much. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks, Jerry. As always in these podcasts, stay tuned, stay classy, and keep it organic. All right, this is a quick, I suppose, section that I'm just going to add in here in relation to, I suppose, a Patreon that I have. If you would and like the content that you're currently receiving every week for the last two years, there's an opportunity for you to support the content being produced. Because as of now, I currently do not have any sponsors. So I, for a minimum of five euros, that's literally the equivalent of two cups of coffee or two cups of coffee anywhere in the world in that fact. So in that, you get, I suppose, for your five euro a month, five euro a month is all I am inquiring about. It's the fact that you get a one-to-one nutritional call from myself to deep dive into the likes of your current, I suppose, dietary requirements, whatever diet you pick i would certainly be getting an improvement on the current situation that you're in and on top of that then you're then joined to a private facebook group with like-minded people that most certainly have fitness goals and are on the organic fitness program but with their workouts and content being put up such as meals and accountability on that page directly if you would like to get involved the patreon link is on my tree link but on my instagram my tiktok and most certainly, there will be links to that on my website. Okay, other than that, here's this week's episode. Hope you enjoy. You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast. <laughs>